The following is an editorial by KDKA Radio Senior Vice President Market Manager Michael Spacipoli. It's been nearly two months since the toxic train derailment just across the Ohio border. Approximately 100,000 gallons of hazardous materials were spilled before the controlled burn of vinyl chloride. While East Palestine has gotten the most attention, residents in Beaver County, especially Darlington Township, need powerful advocates to hold the railroad accountable. Why? A few days ago, two state senators repeatedly asked Norfolk Southern's CEO who gave the final okay for the controlled burn. Alan Shaw at first told them it was the fire chief, then said it was a group decision. Asked to be more specific, Shaw said he'd have to get that information to them. How could the top person in the company not know who made the call? Independent testing last month showed chemical levels in the air were above long-term exposure limits. At one point, the EPA told residents to stay away from the creeks. What more will we learn in the coming weeks? We urge leaders at the state and local level to keep the pressure on Norfolk Southern. Things are not all right, no matter what the railroad says. This has been an editorial by KDKA Radio Senior Vice President Market Manager Michael Spacipoli. To view a transcript, go to kdkaradio.com. Chris Moore, Real Pittsburgh, 100.1 FM and AM 1020, KDKA. All right, we're halfway home. Well, uh, California is banning Skittles. Can you imagine this? Uh, <laughs> California is banning Skittles. Uh, a lawmaker is uh, fighting confusion over his bill targeting chemicals in the candy. The lawmaker who proposed a bill banning five chemicals from foods said the goal isn't to take products off the shelves, but to get companies to choose better ingredients. Amanda Lee Myers uh, wrote an article for USA Today that says that California lawmakers are considering banning the manufacture, sale, or distribution of foods containing five chemicals that have been linked to health problems and are already banned in Europe. The legislation known as AB 418 would theoretically ban a whole host of foods from hard candies like Skittles and hot tamales to Nesquik strawberry milk, and many baked goods, breads, and sodas. Hmm. But the lawmaker behind the legislation making national headlines says that's far too simplistic and highly unlikely even if it passes. Here's what you need to know about the legislation that is trying to accomplish and what it's trying to accomplish and how it could have broader impacts beyond the California state line. The legislation, as I said, AB 418, if it passes, California would be the first state in the nation to ban the following five chemicals from foods. Titanium dioxide found in candies, including Skittles and M&Ms and some dairy products such as Kraft fat-free shredded cheddar cheese. Titanium dioxide, I wonder what it does. Red dye number three, I thought they banned that. Found in hot tamales, strawberry, Nesquik, uh, some baked goods. Potassium bromate, uh, found in some white bread, flowers, and pizza dough. Bromated uh, vegetable oil, used in citric sodas, including sun drop. Vegetable oil? In sodas? Propel paraben, found in various baked goods, trail mixes, and tortillas. You thought you were eating healthy with those trail mixes, huh? 
Last year, a California man sued Skittles manufacturer Mars Incorporated, saying the candy is, quote, unfit for human consumption, end of quote, because it contains titanium dioxide. The company responded by saying, <coughs> excuse me, company responded by saying all its ingredients are safe and used in compliance with food safety regulators. Titanium dioxide and uh, the other four chemicals, AB418, is targeting are all banned from European foods, and Consumer Reports uh, is seeking a blanket U.S. ban. Red dye number three has been banned from cosmetics. I thought it had been banned before, just in cosmetics. had been banned from cosmetics in the U.S. since 1990 after the Food and Drug Administration said that high doses of it have been found to cause cancer in animals. Now, I'm not a chemist, and I haven't looked up any of these chemicals to know uh, if they're harmful uh, to you in one way or another as human beings, if ingested or not. Painted on your face, I don't know. But it does make me wonder about this most recent incident. I'm sure you heard about it because it happened in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. At least three people are dead and four are unaccounted for following an explosion at a candy factory in East Pennsylvania. And hope of finding more survivors is waning, according to local officials. The explosion occurred at the R.M. Palmer Company facility in West Reading. Uh, what uh, chemicals are they using to make candy that would cause such an explosion? Hmm. Everything you need, every time you listen, with Chris Moore on Pittsburgh's news, weather, and traffic station. 100.1 FM and AM 1020, KDKA. Hello. All then. Let's go back to the phones. Ron in California, you're on KDKA. Hello. It, it seems like a fairly good day. but I've been hearing um, people talking about homelessness and talking about other issues of government. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm looking at... East Palestine only as a as a as a model for what's been going on for decades behind the scenes in government agencies. With East Palestine, of course, EPA, US EPA, wait three weeks before they start to talk about dioxin when they fully well knew on the first day of the burn dioxin was created. So the public was infected, contaminated. After three weeks, you may not find that much in the air, and then you have levels that. Uh, our standards there that are still impacting but not told. Where Where is it in the overall of the government umbrella? With all this going on behind the scenes, they're talking about corruption with the Senate and these people there. They're just the out front people. It's the back room people that are really controlling the issues and being supported by the paycheck of whoever may promise them a retirement job uh, or uh, some kind of perks right when they're on the government uh, payroll. Where is it that we can find a way that the public will understand that all their issues may well be focused on if they can capture those people that are behind the scenes, put a light on them, and get the, get the government with any kind of gumption at all to come out and help straighten that behind-the-scenes corruption, which is really the manifestation of all the ills that may well be finding solutions. What's your thought on that? What's your, what's your people's thought on that? Uh, about, radio pe audience. about people finding the solutions as opposed to government? No, they got people energizing, exposing it, 
making noise about it, get it coming together under one umbrella. Well, folks like you have done that problem. for years. It still hasn't stopped polluters or or people who put okay. people's lives in danger, like Norfolk Southern uh, with rickety railroads or rickety tracks and lack of concern for safety. Um, so it's something you're going to have to continue doing all the time in order to put these folks on blast, as the young people say. Yeah, but the section that I was focusing on, that, that's true. And there are many out there that will, and maybe there will be many more that will in the future. But the, the thing is, we that the light needs to be really strong, not on this president or this politician. They're just mouthpieces. Those people that are in behind the scenes, those staff people that are working in these agencies that are basically on the hook to the corporations. Not all of them are. There are good people out there. I put on events in the last five years, even with, with EPA retired people focusing on it. March for Science in San Francisco. They told their story right on the stage of what was going on. Before that, and, when and I was what did it change? Topics, and what did it change? It didn't change enough because we're not reaching enough people to realize that they can empower the public well, interest. Well, that's my point. There's got to be more people who join you in the effort to empower you uh, so that the light is shine on these folks. That's the best disinfected. Don't you agree? Well, I agree with that. And we, but we needed to get through the door so people will open up. Who, who are those people who are on the staff of all these government agencies that are on the hook with these corporations. Well, I think you're exactly right. John and Vandergriff, you're on KDK. Hi, Chris. How are you doing tonight? All right, you? I'm doing good. About that titanium oxide. Okay. Oh, my goodness. In, in the candy or, or used to manufacture the candy. What about it? Are you a chemist? You know something? <laughs> no, I'm not a chemist. But, okay. Uh, I... I my friend and I, we have allergy problems, and mm -hmm. so we use uh, air purifiers, okay? So she sent me a link to a, an air purifier she was looking for, looking at, you know, considering buying. And a lot of them now, they have a uh, ultraviolet light in them, which helps to supposedly grab the, uh, you know, the bad particles out of the air <clears throat> and... Uh, drop them down to the bottom or whatever, something like that. But I was reading, you know, the the information on her uh, air purifier, and I saw titanium dioxide. And they used it, like, on the lining, like, on the uh, uh, guard or shield or whatever around the uh, ultraviolet light. Well, what does that uh, have to do with how much that, of it that they put in the candy? Well, that's the thing, Chris. <clears throat> it, you know, that's what started me looking into the titanium oxide. And this, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't hear this until your program about the with the skittles and that. But supposedly, <clears throat> it's used not just in candy, in cosmetics and other things. And like, you go to Google, you know, Google titanium dioxide, and what you see is like a power. Uh, a pile of like off white powder, and right next to that picture is a picture of white powdered donuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that I mean, you know, that's just something that that sends us off into deep space. Uh, that's not what they're putting on a white powdered donuts. Well, what it says is, okay, it says what is titanium dioxide? 
is a it's a fine white powder or dust that occurs naturally. And then it was first intentionally produced for use as a white pigment in 1923. Naturally opaque and bright, which makes it useful for use in paper, ceramics, rubber, textiles, paints, inks, and cosmetics. And what I read, you know, related to the, the candy, the powdered donuts, was it helps to make, you know, the, the bright and the opaque. It helps to make a, a better, you know, uh, marketing thing. You know? <laughs> uh, but, yeah. So and, it and, makes again, the candy the look It makes the candy look better? Right, more appetizing. Mm. But, again, you know, in the looking... And I love what you said about the AI, you know, with the, uh, you know, your, your point was what we do with the things that we have. Yeah. You know, it should be better uses. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm, I'm looking all, all on Google, <clears throat> you know, it's like one, one site says, you know, well, apparently, you know, from like uh, test results from Europe or whatever, uh, you know, bad stuff. But then, oh, the FDA's approved it. So, you know what? What's the truth? Uh, you then, know, I'm I'm trying to figure it out. I just looked up titanium dioxide, and it does say, as you said, it suggests it's uh, used as a pigment. And when it is, it's called titanium white pigment, white six. Uh, it's a white solid that is insoluble in water, although mineral forms can appear black. As a pigment, it has a wide range of applications, including paint, sunscreen, and food coloring. When used as food right. coloring, it has uh, an E number, E171. So, and and, oh, they, and they say world production in 2014 exceeded 9 million tons, so they must be using a lot of it, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and again, Chris, what you said about, you know, the AI and that, that, that is remarkable. Uh, I ran, uh, I grew up in Saxonburg, and I ran the local museum there kind of about 10 years ago for a few years. And what really struck me, Chris, was, you know, museums can be such a bridge from the past to today. And what I was really struck with was <clears throat> the failures, I believe, are just as important, if not more important, than the successes. Mm. Okay, take WD-40. You know, it took the, the fellow 40 times before he perfected that formula. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it has titanium dioxide. <laughs> but um, my, my point was that I started to to get the idea that somebody saw something and they said to themselves, what if we do this? Okay. And they did that. <clears throat> well, I think like everything else in this world nowadays, it's all out of control. You know, people say, Hey, what if we do this? You know, well, is it safe? Is it, uh, you know, ethical? Oh, who cares? You know, it's just a, you know, a sad state of affairs, but, uh, you know, again, you know, I worked in a steel mill. I talked to you about the, uh, you know, the wheel bearings and the train derailment. You know, when I saw that, you know, looking at the information for that air, air filter from my friend, titanium dioxide, you know, that's, that's like a heavy metal. You know, you don't want that, you know, 
in your air or your food or whatever, you know? So, you know, I don't know if it's, it's the same as, you know, the metal titanium. You know, we'll have to look that up. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep looking it up and see. Uh, you know, maybe it just makes the hard candy shell in these candies hard and opaque. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, shiny for the camera. I, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know either, Chris. But uh-huh. it, it makes you wonder, you know, why, you know, when they come out and they say, oh, caffeine-free, you know, beverage or we, it doesn't have this in anymore. Well, why did you put it there in the first place? <laughs> yeah. good, good question. <laughs> Thank you, John. All right. Thank you, Chris. All right. Have a good night. Uh, you too. Bye. Bye. Carl in Newcastle, you're on KDK. Okay, I want to talk about the East Palestine, Ohio, uh, toxic chemical spill again. Uh, I got some facts, Chris. Uh, I was at that uh, Black Hawk seminar, and I did some research on my own. I got some real quick facts here. You can comment on them as I go through them, if I can. Okay? Swell. Are you there? Yes. Oh, okay. First one is the cloud of dioxins will contaminate a much larger area than just a train wreck site or just the city of East Palestine. It'll affect a very large area. The direction of that cancer-causing cloud traversed has been documented minute by minute. The Black Hawk area and other areas, primarily northeast of East Palestine, will have carcinogens in their soil, water, and air for many many decades, maybe a century. This Uh, all came out of the meeting at Blackhawk. Yeah, yeah. They had some really good experts there. Um, The the meeting at Blackhawk High School had the top chemical spill expert in the country. He's currently involved with uh, Lejeune Camp Water, uh, or uh, water there at Lejeune uh, Military Camp. The Marines, yeah, okay. Yeah, the Marines. And the other expert is a top quality expert from California. Um, They both are busier than all heck. I don't know if you could get them on the show because they're flying all around the country. They're involved in all kind of toxic spills. Uh, Northfolk Southern's profits increased exponentially while derailments of toxic trains increased tenfold. According to the NTSB, that's National Transportation Safety Board, before 2003, there were 623 documented derailments over 20 years. From 2003 to 2022, there have been 3,397 derailments according to federal statistics. Uh, one of the GT, uh, GATX Corporation tanker cars involved in the East Palestine toxic spill was 25 years old, had defective axle bearings, and also defective relief pressure relief valves. Are you familiar with Dr. Julianne Baer, Ph.D., University of Pittsburgh? No. She's an expert on environmental uh, chloride exposure. She tested mice at what's considered safe uh, levels of vinyl chloride exposure by the EPA and found that 100% of mice developed tumors at that safe levels, all right? At the safe levels. Yeah, at the safe levels. Mm-hmm. The mice that uh, Dr. Bear tested showed damaging effects as early as three weeks after exposure. 
Uh, one thing is clear, and she's an expert on liver cancer. High levels of vinyl chloride causes liver cancer as it's uh, plain you, as day. You know, the only problem with this, uh, call is as this plays out, it's going to take years to tell if, if these scientists are right. Yeah, well, it will take years to go through the courts, Chris. There's class action lawsuits and lawyers coming out of the woodwork. But this uh, one company that I referred you to, the contact uh, that Aaron Brockovich is associated with, uh, has some of the top experts in the field. And uh, they are maybe a little too technical for the public that they were trying to educate because – a lot of the people listening, it was kind of over their head, and it was a lot for them to consume. I'm a graduate mechanical engineer, retired, but uh, it was very technical for me, and I had to look up a couple of people, and I'm trying to take notes as the uh, seminars going along. I couldn't write as fast as some of the information was coming at me. Um, but um, it's going to take many years, but uh, Norfolk Southern has uh, quite a bit of assets, and... Uh, I don't know if I missed uh, one page or not all, oh, but the uh, their uh, their profits have gone up exponentially, and uh, the number of derailments uh, as the number of derailments go up, it doesn't seem to matter. They seem to buy their way out of the situation or get away with it. But the number of derailments is just disgusting. All right, thank you, sir. You're welcome. All right. Uh, let's go to Dave on the north side. Dave, you're on KDK. Oh, man. I'm sorry, Chris Moore. I like your show, but some of these callers, I just can't take them. I mean, this last guy. Okay, get your class action laws from now for $3,200, and the lawyers will get theirs for $32 billion. Because that's how class action lawsuits work. We have all these six-figure, young, like, not do-nothing people in our community. They don't, they don't do anything except promote these stupid, like, you know, social media crap. You know, and they drive our price for housing up. And these, these six-figure people that live in our community now... They don't give a darn, you know what I mean? They, they, they wouldn't care if their rent was $8,500 a month. That wouldn't even, that wouldn't, they wouldn't sweat that, you know what I mean? All they're worried about is their internet bill and whether they can tweet and, you know, go on Facebook or whatever. I'm tired of these phony people, Mr. Moore. You know, I, I'm tired of this phony world. I mean, who are these people? They don't care where people live. They don't care if people are provided for. That last guy, he dribbled on for like 12 minutes about like how he does this. Stop he's worried nobody, about some. Nobody's going He's worried about Twitter. some dirty stuff Stop, in the air. I let you vent and nobody's gone on for 12 minutes. So stop telling fibs and exaggerating, okay? Okay, but Mr. Mr. Moore, like, don't some of these people just drive you nuts? I mean, he just went right, on man, and on. You're driving me nuts. Okay, but I'm, but well, I'm I apologize, you, you know. But I'm letting you okay. get. Oh, well, I appreciate that. But I'm the voice of many people, too. You know, and I just can't stand it. These people, they own their own homes. They got their inheritances. They got their easy life. And then they're complaining about, I, I would breathe gasoline 
to have a place to live. And, and a lot of people would. And these people crying about some pollutants. I mean, boo freaking who? Then John in Ohio, your turn. Yeah, I mean, uh, incredible. Uh, just uh, just guttural uh, insults and uh, smear jobs against uh, your callers and anyone who has any kind of a sense of uh, asking for truth behind the uh, curtain. And uh, I think one earlier caller who said we've got to get beyond this kind of bipart- this bipartisan sniping, which we've been trapped into by, as I often mention, over a thousand right-wing radio stations that make it a, an anti-Democrat as opposed to the Republican domination of those over a thousand right-wing uh, radio stations as distinct from the right-wing Democrats on anything important. We have no choice. They're both bipartisan warmongers and stooges for the band behind the curtain that your original caller was talking about. And until we get beyond that uh, kind of uh, uh, trap that we've been uh, 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 incited into, uh, uh, we're not going to learn anything. I think we've got to get the sources I occasionally mention, globalresearch.ca, grayzone.ca, uh, uh, one that you're very aware of, uh, Robert Perry's ConsortiumNews.com, uh, which are some of the real experts that are never allowed any kind of a platform on the corporate CIA-infiltrated uh, uh, billionaire, right-wing billionaire-owned media in this country. Okay, all right. Letting everybody vent here in the last quarter hour of our program. Uh, more venting to come. East Palestine, yeah, right. North Folk Sutherland is, is responsible. There ain't no ifs, ands, buts about it. But here's the part that really chaps my fourth point of contact. Mm-hmm. It really, truly does. Dioxins have been coming out of these smokestacks for 70 years. The, the steel mills and the coal-powered uh, power plants. It, it's been, you know, the one guy on that, that first interrogation of the North Folk Sutherland CEO was talking about, should I plant tomatoes? Your soil in East Palestine has been contaminated since the 1920s. It's just that simple. I understand their panic and all that. I, I, I just, you know, we just but is, can't. But isn't it even more contaminated now? Well, we're not living in Colorado Springs where you can drink the water out of the creek. You can't eat fish out of the high river. I, I've been on the, the DNR site. You can't even eat the fish out of the high river. And the steel mills have been closed down since 1980. So let's please stop. Just, just. Be realistic. All right. Thank you, Mr. Moore. Thank you. Hey, don't let Jesus take the wheel. <laughs> Get the fence post out by grill. <laughs> All right. I'm out of here. Good night. This is CBS News on the Hour. I'm Linda Kenyon in Washington. The Philadelphia Water Department says the city's tap water is now safe despite a chemical spill into the Delaware River. How is that possible? When we got notification... Uh, about the spill on Friday, we closed the intake and stopped taking water in. And so we were operating the water treatment facility on water that was brought in before the spill. That's spokesman Mike Carroll.